Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So Apple launched their search ads program last fall in the App Store, and a lot of developers, I think us included, didn't really know what to make of it at first. Um, it, it, we were, it, it certainly was a little bit intimidating, a little bit off-putting, uh, the idea that we'd have to pay to have our ads shown at the top of, the, of search results in the App Store. And we've now had a lot of time. I've actually been using search ads for Overcast since the day they launched, um, and I, I'm still using them today. Um, it's a little bit back in the news now because yesterday Apple launched, um, I think by surprise uh, for most of us, Apple launched uh, a new Search Ads Basic, which is a version of Search Ads that is so far U.S. only, but they said it's going to expand to the rest of the world. And that's where that's where the ads show up, not who can buy them. Uh, so if you're a developer outside the U.S., you can buy these ads, but they will they will only start showing in the U.S. App Store for at first. But anyway, um, so now they have Search Ads Basic. And the old one is renamed Search Ads Advanced. I think it's worth discussing now that we have, you know, at least from from my perspective and and from yours, David, to, you know, to the extent that you've used it. Now that we have almost, I have over a year now of Search Ad data. Uh, it has slowly expanded from initially the main offering was also U.S. only, and then it expanded over the last uh, maybe six months or so to a few other different marketplaces. Now you can have Canada, U.K., Australia, Switzerland, and New Zealand. Um, and it's a little bit cumbersome to manage them all, honestly, but I, I think I've come up with um, a number of key insights and, and best practices that might be useful to share. Um, what's your experience with them? Because, I mean, you have way more apps than I do, because, like, all I can say is what what my experience has been with my single app, and it's a free app, so it's going to be different than paid-up-front apps, and it's fairly it's you know fairly popular among certain people, so that's going to be different from an app that's totally unknown. Um, have you had have you had more diverse experience than I have with this? A little bit. So like I've tr- I tried I've tried a variety of different campaigns and things with this. I tried it for my paid apps, for my free apps, um, and overall, like my my experience is like in aggregate is just very mixed. I would say like some of the time it. It seems to work and pay off. Sometimes it really doesn't. Like, and the thing that I struggle with the most with these is trying to. It's it's like there's initially like the obvious naive like uh, reaction to something like advertising is viewing it as a, um, in a weird way, almost like a direct investment where like I'm I take this amount of money, I put it into this, and then I expect to get a certain amount, hopefully a greater amount back. Um, and that was straightforward, especially for like my paid apps, for example, where like, it's very straightforward that like, uh, search ads are based on the cost per install. And if it's a paid app, the, you know, like my revenue per install is, you know, after it's whatever, you know, 70% of whatever the purchase price is. And I could go in and say like, you know, I'm essentially willing to break even say, uh, for all of these app installs. And I try that for a little bit, but in general, um, that didn't seem to work at a, at a very high volume anyway, um, where I would put, you know, it's like I could, I would get a some amount of, of install and traffic, but it didn't seem like I was paying enough for those installs that I, my ads are being shown very often, either that are, you know, my terms are very low volume or whatever, but it didn't seem like it was one of these things that's like, great, you know, I can spend a dollar and get a do, you know, a dollar 40 back, but, I can only have three or four transactions a day that are doing that. And so it's like, well, that's 
that's like net positive, but not particularly interesting. Um, so I had that experience on the paid side and then on the free side, um, it's so, because it's so hard to sort of have this feeling of what an install is worth. Um, and I, I pursued it a little bit, but at the end it kind of felt like I was just sort of throwing money away or at least putting money into something that was so hard for me to quantify, um, that over time I just sort of backed away from it and decided that it's like, you know, it, it's okay. And, um, I'm probably helped a little bit in this that, my most important apps tend to have reasonably good uh, just general search uh, optimization or whatever. Like they show up fairly high anyway. Um, and so that helps a lot for not needing this necessarily because it's, you know, I'm now the second, say, say if I was previously like the top result for a search, you know, with the, now with ads, I'm the second result because the first one, uh, the paid result is going to always be on top. But, you know, at least being on that first screen, um, is probably useful enough, but yeah, I don't know. I went, I go back and forth on how useful they are. And then in the back of my mind, I kind of feel like I'm probably missing, um, this is in some ways like the fund the fundamental like realities of advertising where I'm sure if you were a, just like a typical bit, like a, a, a large brand advertiser, like your goal is not necessarily like direct, net positive cash flow from each advertising buy it's a much more broad something that you're just you know you're, you're taking this it's like you have a marketing budget that whose purpose is to just increase brand awareness and to increase usage of the app as this kind of more general concept uh in some ways even kind of like per a conversation a couple episodes ago where i was talking about why i'm making workouts plus plus free where it's like there's this general value to being well known um, beyond the immediate, like, you know, sort of return on that investment in, you know, that you see within a few days. Um, and so I go back and forth and if I'm just like doing it wrong, um, or not, but I don't know, my experience has been kind of mixed and mostly I've kind of backed away with it. I'm going to try the new basics, uh, approach, like just to see if there's anything interesting there. And I mean, Apple's giving us a hundred dollars free credit. So like, great, you know, sure. I'll, I'll take that hundred dollars and spend it, but um, overall, I'm still kind of mixed about it. I, I think, you know, a lot of developers didn't give it a fair shot when it first launched because we felt kind of put out, put off by it or kind of like, you know, like it was a trick or or a negative thing for Apple to be doing. Um, I think we have it, there, there's kind of two parts of that argument that are that are worth, I think, internalizing now. Number one is that, well, it's done. It's it's clearly here to stay. They are not only keeping it, but expanding it. So I, I think that that ship has sailed, much like initially when we were all mad that App Review was a thing when the App Store first launched. That ship has sailed, and, and so has this one. So you might as well get on board with at least being okay with it existing. Even if you decide not to participate in it, you know you should at least realize that this is this is now a factor in the App Store that's that's probably here to stay. Yeah. Um, and and number two, while it does feel pretty bad to pay to reach people you were already who are already seeking you out. So like if somebody searches the app store for overcast, someone else's ad is going to be up top there. If, if they outbid me on that keyword that day, probably audible, <laughs> but someone else's ad is going to be up there. Um, and it's probably going to be a bigger company than me. And I'm going to feel kind of like that's a little bit unfair, but the reality is that could also be a smaller company than me. That could also be an, an indie startup who wants to get into the same market I'm in and wants to, have a chance at paying to take away some of those searches from me. And I'm doing the same thing. I'm bidding on 
generic terms like podcast, but I'm also bidding on terms like Audible <laughs> because you know I'm trying to get some of the same some of that same audience and search ads largely have worked for me, um, and so it is the kind of thing where you can still promote an app for free through traditional PR channels and marketing channels, and you probably should. But this, in a way, gives an opportunity for small apps to get seen in some way and get started. And yes, of course, it does take money, and therefore that will price out a lot of developers. Um, But if you manage it responsibly and conservatively up front, it doesn't have to take that much money. And And if you... If you look out with your terms and if you control it well enough, you can actually make it profitable per user. So this leads into, I think, the first major uh, challenge of, of using search ads, which is you have to know what a user is worth to you. And, and that's very hard to do if your app is not paid up front. If there's any more complex business model than paid up front. Um, and honestly, I don't think paid up front apps work that well in search ads because you don't pay per install. You pay per tap on the ad. So the the cost per install varies depending on how many people tap your ad and then decide not to buy it or not to download it. Uh, and so that can obviously vary based on things like your screenshot, your description, your ratings. Um, but also, I think if you have a a price there, a, an upfront price, I have I, I would guess that causes much lower uh, buy through rates or or you know conversion rates uh, from from the tap to the purchase than a free app would. And so that's going to dramatically affect your cost right there. So, you know, if, you, if you're paid up front, I, I, th- I think it's easier to calculate what an install is worth to you, but it's also harder to get those installs. Um, so I'm going to now focus for the rest of my discussion of this on free versions, um, on free apps up front, because that's what I know. That's what I have. And I think that's going to be mostly what search ads are good for, um, because there's just that one less big barrier to entry for people to who are learning about it for the first time through that ad to, to then click there and download it. Um, so the question then becomes, how do you value a user if your app is free up front? So if you have a scheme like I do, which you know I think at least part of this is common, if not, all, if not the whole thing, uh, where I have ads in the app and I get paid for those ads, and I have an in-app purchase that can be optionally bought to remove the ads and add some premium stuff, but mostly it's removing the ads. And I, you know, people. I, I think this is common enough that I can I can tell you some lessons I've learned from this. Um, number one, when you're trying to figure out what each user is worth to you, you have to make some assumptions that might be uncomfortable or cruel or or revealing. For instance, what percentage of people who download your app will actually ever launch it? Like that's a big. Like it's not a hundred percent. Newsflash: if, if this, yeah. if you weren't aware of this yet. You know, it, it, and if you already have some analytics in your app, you probably already know this kind of thing. But yeah, it's not a hundred percent. That might, you know, you might get two thirds or eighty percent or something like that. Like it, it might, or half. It, it might not be a very, a very kind ratio uh, of people who actually ever launch the app after downloading it. Um, and then after that, you have to then work through like if you're valuing a user based on the likelihood that they're going to buy an in-app purchase or whether they're going to see your ads or follow through on any other kind of monetization, what other barriers are there between getting the app and running the app and getting to that point where they're making you money? Do they have to create an account? Do they have to sign in? Do they have to you know, enter some data? And all of those steps are going to reduce that percentage even further of how many of those downloaders actually make it to the part of the app that makes you money. Not to mention the fact that once they get, you know, assuming they are actually using it, 
then you have the question of what percentage of actual users will then buy the in-app purchase. Or if it's ad-based, what, what percentage of them will see the ads? And then you and then ads have another massive complex uh, guess that you have to make or, or data you have to collect, which is how long will each person be using my app? You know, will the average user use it for a day, a year, 10 years? Like we, so those numbers can dramatically change what you think a user is worth. And I, I would urge you that if you don't know this number, you know, if, if you are making estimates and guesses on a lot of these numbers, which you might have to, you know, if you don't, if you don't have really good, really creepy analytics, um, like I don't, <laughs> you have to guess on a lot of these numbers or just wait and see the results. And for me, uh, I found that guess very conservatively on these numbers. Like every step of the way that might reduce the amount of users that get to the next stage, cut it in half. Like really like be very aggressive. Like just assume half of the downloads will result in launches. Assume that half of the launches will result in in accounts being created or you know signups happening or proceeding to the next step. And so these numbers start to start to you know divide out and, and math starts catching up to you pretty soon. And so you have to be very, very careful when making any kind of assumption about what a user is worth to you long term. And keep in mind that long term might really be a day. For 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 a, the majority of you of your users, it, it like your average duration of how long a user sticks with your app might be a day or a week or something pretty short. So you can't, for instance, assume like you, that you have like six months or a year of ad revenue to attribute to that download because you probably don't. The, the nice thing though is we do get a lot of those numbers now from App Analytics and iTunes Connect. That's true. So, yeah, like at least we do have a, a better starting place than. Um, like you don't necessarily need the creepy analytics for a lot of that kind of stuff. Because I'm just thinking, like, with the things that we get from there are like we get a, a re- retention per- percent, um, which is a really useful measure for being able to get a sense of like, you know, so once someone has downloaded the app, what is the like, you know, what percentage of those people will down- open it the next day, and when what percent will open it a week later, two weeks later, three weeks later, and they go up to 28 days, um, and so at that point you get a sense of like what your retention it look curve looks like there and so at least you can kind of you know infer that you know if if your retention has kind of flattened out by the time you're a month out like we, you've probably gotten that user if you're still you know whatever it is say you have 10 percent retention after a month it's like you probably have them for there but even if you just capped it at a month and tried to work out you know how many sessions does the will, will the user have uh you know if they if 10 percent of them are there after at the end of a month and maybe 20% of them are there after a week, you know, you can kind of do a little bit of math, but yeah, it's, 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 it is a really tricky thing. And I think being conservative here makes is by far the better way to err on. Um, Cause it's far more important for it to just be a reasonable number than it is for it to be um, an exact number. Exactly. And all this, by the way, this is all making a pretty big assumption, all this advice so far that you don't want to lose money on each installation. But there are types of businesses and apps and situations where that might not be the case. You might actually want to lose money on, or or rather, you might you, you might be willing to lose money on every installation if maybe it's only a little bit of money, or if you're you, if you have a plan to make it up down the road, or if you really want to just focus on growth of user base right now, um, or if you haven't monetized yet. If you're like you know a startup that's pre monetization strategy and you just want growth, you know, so you might have reasons where you don't care about whether you're going to make up the you know make it up properly you know on on the other side or not or you just might be betting for your future and betting you know what 
I can take a small loss on each user right now, but some percentage of these users will tell their friends and spread the app and cause my organic installations to go up. So it's it's very, very vague and based on a lot of estimates and assumptions. This is true of all advertising um, on all sides for everything. Um, so all this is to say, like, you know, try to quantify some of these numbers, try to make good estimates, try to have as much data as you can to to make good decisions here. Uh, but your decisions might not have the same, you know, needs as someone else's. Anyway, before I get into specifics of what I do in the App Store uh, with App Search ads, we are brought to you this week by Eero. This is another kind of ad. By Eero. Never think about Wi-Fi again. Eero has created the dream Wi-Fi setup. A fast, reliable connection throughout your house and even into the backyard if you want. And now is the best time to get on board with Eero as they've just released their new super slick second generation devices. This brand new tri-band second generation model along with the new Eero beacon allows you to build a Wi-Fi system that is perfectly tailored to your home. The new second generation Eero includes a third 5 gigahertz radio, making it twice as fast as before. This lets you do more than ever, whether it's your Wi-Fi needs. Eero has the power to blanket your entire home in fast, reliable Wi-Fi. The base, the base unit sits flat on any surface. Just plug it into the wall with the included power adapter, and you're ready to connect to your Eero either with Ethernet or wirelessly. And the new Eero also includes a thread radio, which lets you connect to low-power devices such as locks, doorbells, and more. And the new little satellite units are now called Eero Beacons, and this is new as well. All you do is plug it into a wall. It looks like kind of like a large nightlight almost. Um, it just it sits flush right on the outlet, right against the wall. There's no wire needed. Uh, plugs right in, and it even includes a nightlight on the bottom <laughs> to help you out. So you can plug it in anywhere you have an outlet. You don't need like a table or a surface or a cabinet to hide it in. These are wonderful. I love these new beacons. Um, and the new Eero app lets you manage your network from the palm of your hand. And you can also easily create and share a guest network, too, if you want that. And if you need any help, Eero's customer support is amazing. You can call them and get a Wi-Fi expert on the phone in just 30 seconds. I've used Eero, and it is by far, you know, I've used other multipoint access point things before. And first of all, you definitely want multipoint Wi-Fi, but Eero is by far the easiest and fastest to set up I've ever seen. It's wonderful. And and the, the fact that you don't have to run wires between the base stations is also just incredible. So definitely recommend it. It's, it's very, very easy to use and performs very well. So the new Eero starts at just $399 for one second-generation Eero base station and two beacons. And that is everything you will need for almost any situation. Uh, you can add more if you want, but you probably won't need to. Listeners of this show can get free overnight shipping to the U.S. or Canada when you head to Eero.com. That's E-E-R-O.com. And use promo code RADAR. That's Eero.com, promo code RADAR for free overnight shipping. Thank you to Eero for supporting this show. So I wanted to get into a little bit more specifics of, of how to optimize search ads on the App Store. Now that you know roughly what you want to spend per installation, because you figured that out during my ad read, I guess. I don't know. You figured it out sometimes. <laughs> we'll assume you have that number. Um, you did the math. Yeah, yeah. Well, roughly what you were able to spend per installation. Um, you know, it's worth now learning kind of how the system works. So... The main thing with, with search ads is that it's dependent very, very heavily on Apple's own App Store relevancy engine. And as we know uh, from App Store search, it's not that good. It's, you know, it, it works on a, on a fairly coarse level, but there's a lot of mismatches, a lot of misjudgment of relevancy. Um, ranking isn't so great. And this applies, therefore, to the search ads matching other algorithm as well. So you need to do some tailoring, and you need to you need to know that going into it that the relevancy matching is not very strong, um, and 
this, you know, therefore this could work for or against you. If you know your app might rank weirdly high or weirdly low. One thing Apple has done, which I think is a smart move, is and it's and Phil announced this on stage when when they announced search ads or whatever that was. Um, but the idea is that even if you bid a high enough price, if Apple's algorithm deems your app not relevant to a query, it will not include it, no matter what, no matter what you bid. And this is good because this prevents something like Clash of Clans bidding on the term podcast because it, it might be, could be becoming a high-volume term and they want to get in on that even though their app is not relevant to podcasts at all. You know, so so this, that's actually a very good prohibition. The downside of that is that if the search algorithm guesses wrong on whether your app is relevant, you could be on the wrong side of that. Um, so something to keep in mind, there's not much you can do about that, unfortunately. Um, but that is nice to know that that's a thing. When you are picking your keywords, I have found that it's best to mostly just do search match. That if you do too much keyword uh, selection, you can get weird results. If you do search match, you're kind of letting Apple do it for you. And this is actually so when they launched yesterday, they launched Search Ads Basic. That's all it is, as far as I can as far as I can tell. It seems like it is a search match only uh, ad account. Is that is that right? Yep, you just give it a budget and a maximum cost per install. Like those are the only two numbers you put in, mm-hmm. and then it just does the rest. It'll do. It'll try and find you whatever the best um, opportunities are, and you know, sort of do its own thing. But you have no visibility into what those terms are um, or anything like that. It's just you just give it. it basically, you just tell it. How much money overall are you going to give to give to this campaign? And then how much what's the maximum amount that you're willing to pay for an install? And then it just does the rest for you. The only thing about that that, that, that I will say that and this is why I'm a little bit worried about search ads basic um, is that one of the great things about the search ads implementation in, in the advanced mode that used to be the only mode until yesterday is that you can go in, so run it for like a few weeks, you know, with, uh, you know, or whatever time you want, you know, <laughs> run it for a little while. And then you can go in to the reporting areas, and you can see if you go to um, if you go within the ad group, you go, you go to a tab called search terms, and it will list the terms that people actually use to search your app, and you can rank that by things like conversion rate or average cost per installation, which they it's CPA cost per action uh, in the advertising world, but it's cost per installation, um, and so you can you can sort and rank the keywords people are actually using that Apple is matching to you, you know, for you. And you can see, like you know, certain ones are going to be are going to be better than others in terms of what you're actually spending for those users, what percentage of them are actually installing your app, uh, etc. And if you see the keywords, like I'll you know I'll tell you like some of mine, like I start I start out so if I sort by spend, which is the the amount of money you have spent on it for that time interval, my first one is podcast, which is good. That is my most expensive one, but that's also my highest volume one, and I'm bidding high on that because I want. I want to get those people who are searching for podcast. Um, then there's low volume terms, which is kind of their bucket for everything else that's too small to matter. Then I have things like podcast app for iPhone. Great. That's what I want. The next one down is FM transmitter. Well, I'm not sure I want that one. That's, that's not that relevant. And sure enough, FM transmitter has a way lower conversion rate than the other ones. So I have to decide, like, is this actually... Do I actually want to be paying for people who search for FM transmitter? And if you don't, one thing you can do in search in search ads advanced is you can you can go through this list. You can check off whichever ones you don't think are worth bidding on that are not relevant enough, and you can say add as negative keywords. And if you say exact match, then which you probably should do, um, then it'll it will 
not put you on those bids. And that, I have found, is a necessary part. If you're going to do search match, if you're not going to just bid on exact keywords, if you're going to do any search matching at all on the App Store, you must go in and add as negative keywords the things that are not relevant to your app that are costing you a lot of money. And my, my cons- because, you know, because Apple's relevancy engine isn't that great, you get a lot of these. And some of them you actually might want. So, like, one of the very common ones that I get uh, is um, things like, Music player without Wi-Fi, free music downloader, offline music player, FM radio offline. And I'm like, well, actually, those are people who want to listen to stuff offline, some of which is radio. So I think I actually might want to keep bidding on a lot of those. Whereas one of them, Overwatch, I don't want to bid on because that's a video game that has nothing to do with my app and it's being matched by some kind of linguistic coincidence. And I definitely don't want to bid on Overwatch terms, so I definitely add that as a negative keyword. Um, but again, keep in mind that you're dealing with a fairly low sophistication search algorithm and relevancy algorithm, so be careful. One of the reasons I said only add negative keywords as exact match is that earlier in the summer I had a problem where I had added too many things to negative keywords as like regular like broad match, like relevancy match, thinking that was the right thing to do. And I started getting matched on very, very few things. All of my numbers just plummeted. And I, I contacted the search ads team, and they're, they're very nice. There's actual humans there who will like help you out. And they ran a bunch of numbers, and they recommended that I like remove some of those and just switch to a more relevancy-based approach, which I did. And, and so I would recommend only using negative keywords in exact match mode to, to avoid that situation. Anyway, I end up you know, coming out for, for a long time, un- until the last couple of months, I have come out ahead in what I believe a user to my app is worth versus what I'm paying per install from the search ads. And the search ads have made up approximately 10 to 15% of my weekly installs. And so that's not bad. That's a lot. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's 10, 10 to 15% of my installs per week. So, you know, that, that increases over time. And like those users are, you know, sticking with the app, I think. I don't know. There actually is an API um, somewhere in somewhere in ios there's an api where you can attribute installations to your app to whether they came from search ads or not and i think even what keywords they came from and then you can tell in your app analytics like what those people are worth to you i have not done that that seems a little bit too fiddly for me i don't think i really care that deeply um and it's a little bit creepy i think but uh but so i haven't done that but you can do that and and you can get into you know deeper measurements but i have found for the most part this this has been worth it for me to do for a while Unfortunately, over the last couple of months, the podcast-related keywords have really heated up. Thanks, Audible. Uh, <laughs> from like big companies, thanks, Audible, who, who don't seem to have a limit to their budget. Thanks, Audible. And so I, I'm losing a lot more bids, and I've had to increase my bids if I want to keep winning them. And I'm now pushing to the point where I'm losing a little bit of money on each install that comes from a search ad. And so, so far, I've decided, well... I. I kind of want to wait and see and watch how these numbers go. I I kind of don't want to give up that 15%, so maybe I'm okay losing a bit of money on those people because then the other 85% of my users will make up for it. So I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to do about this long term yet, but the only reason I've been able to keep costs under control at all is because I'm going in and negative keywording the searches that are providing me with really bad conversion rates and really high cost per install. And because Search Ads Basic does not offer that ability... I do hesitate to recommend it because I don't think you're going to get 
a lot of uh, control over that kind of thing. And, and Apple's search relevancy engine is not good enough that I would trust it to do it without any intervention from me. But what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think like I'm intrigued to go to use the basic system, but mostly insofar as it's an in, because, like because it's the only input I give is what the maximum amount I'm willing to pay for installation is. I will just put that number low enough that I feel comfortable with it and understand that like your approach of the highly tuned, like going in there and looking at keyword by keyword, like dialing it in, you are going to end up with a better result um, for the same like uh, cost per install, but it takes a lot of work and thoughtfulness and so on. Versus the approach of just saying, it's like, I'll put that number low. And if the number is so low that it's not getting high volume, okay, like, that's fine. I didn't have to do much for it. But if I am getting installs from that, great. Um, and so I kind of view it as a, your ver- you, what you're doing makes perfect sense. And I think it's the ideal way if you, if this is something that you want to spend time on, if you want to in, sort of have it be a focus. Um, if not, if you're sort of like me and you're just like, this is an interesting kind of more amusement it's an interesting, it's, it's a really convenient way to just kind of like set it up, set it at a number that you're comfortable with, and then just see what happens. Um, and that's how I expect to proceed from here. Well, best of luck. I, I do, I strongly encourage everyone to use that free credit. Look, you might as well. They're giving you a free credit, so use it um, and see how it goes. Uh, if you want to be strategic about it, wait until after everyone else uses theirs, then use yours. Sure. Uh, then the prices will be lower. <laughs> anyway, um, we're out of time this week. I hope this was helpful to you. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will talk to you next week. Bye.